Welcome to the LB Performance Podcast with me, your host, Lawrence Bourne. Consider supporting us by rating, reviewing and subscribing to wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify and iTunes, as well as sharing the episodes through your social media. You can get in touch with us using our Instagram handle, which is performance underscore LB, or you can use our email address, which is coach at lbperformance.ie. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the LB Performance Podcast. As another week passes by in Dublin, A couple of small restrictions seem to be lifting ever so slightly. However, in the UK, pubs, beer gardens are opening back up, gyms are opening back up, and life seems to be returning back to normality, slowly but surely. On this week's episode, I'm going to be speaking to my cousin Shannon, who is based over in the UK. In today's Chats with Mates segment, which you guys may remember from last season, I speak about the average female mindset within a gym or exercise setting, obviously with Shannon. We debunk some myths about how females respond to exercise, and we also give our take on what is a healthy mindset when in the exercise environment. We join the conversation where we speak about our experiences of the female mindset, specifically in the gym setting. We answer the listeners' questions at the very end. Now, usually you guys hear from me on the other side of the episode, as I normally say. This week, you won't. I'm going to be leaving you guys in the end of the episode after the listeners' questions, but before I go, I'm going to ask you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. All that good stuff. And lastly, enjoy the episode, and I'll chat to you guys next week. There's a lot of women in this day and age, especially women who I've both coached in the past, and then even people who are kind of relatively close to me now in my own life. A lot of information is kind of provided that's not very true, and I think it nearly scares women off from going into the gym. Have you found that at all? Yeah, 100%. I've had some comments, actually, with the training that I do, because I, on my Instagram page, I've sort of set up a highlight, if you like, of some of the progress that I've made. And I have a lot of my friends and family following me. And I've had comments like, what are you doing? And, you know, that is, I've had a variety of comments. And it really is the the standard, old-fashioned almost kind of misogynistic I suppose comments of what you're doing is going to bulk you up that takes away your your femininity I actually had someone close to me say you know you're going to lose your femininity if you carry on doing things like that now usually I am someone who does take things to heart and that was something that actually they are comments that do stick with me for a while but then I thought I'm not doing this to please anybody. Don't get me wrong. When I first started getting into fitness, I was doing it for aesthetic goals and I wasn't quite sure who I was doing it for. Now I couldn't, I really couldn't care less about what fitness does for my body, for me, fit like my appearance is what it does for my body. That is what I do it for. And so when I receive comments, negative comments by quite frankly, people who don't engage in exercise, I just let it go off now because it could be something that switches me away from exercise altogether. And then I end up in exactly the place where I was, where I was quite frankly, quite obese and really, really unhealthy in mind and body, really. Um, I, I, I get where you're coming from in that note. Like even people who I'm relatively close to in my life who, as you said, they don't exercise or they wouldn't exercise much or they wouldn't have even the same goals as me personally. And they kind of look at me and they're like, 
why do you put yourself through all that? There was like a few years ago when I was involved in competitive running, there was a point in which even my own, like even now, obviously now my, now my now wife, Sarah, even years ago, she was questioning like, why are you putting yourself through weekly torture and running? A good mate of mine at the time actually put it pretty perfectly. He said, you're always in a state of pain on a daily basis. Why do we do this to ourselves? And I think the funny thing is, is that it all just comes down to your goals as to what you want. And I think at the end of the day, other people, if they don't understand that, or if they don't have the similar mindset or the same goals in mind, they're not going to understand it completely. No, I agree. And I think if you're in a place where you don't understand it, then you can't comment on it. I understand some of the comments that I've received from people close to me, they are saying it from a place where they care, but sometimes on, on the receiver's end, so my end, I know rationally that they care but I do get that irrational thought where I'm like well they just don't want me to progress and sometimes I guess you don't know whether that's their intention or not you don't know whether they are uncomfortable with your progression um or whether they just want you to be safe but at the end of the day with being an almost 26 year old woman if I want to throw a bar around I will. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, if I want to jump jump out of a plane and do a skydive, I will. You know, yeah. it, I can engage in whatever behaviors I want. And especially if I feel like they are going to benefit me in some way, whether it's physically or mentally. Now, particularly with weightlifting, which is what I predominantly focus on with my training, that makes me feel good because the way that you can actually see your progression. Even if it's not on a weekly basis, it might be every sort of few weeks. Sometimes it can take months. When you break through that and you make progress, there's no better feeling than that. And so I don't think people who make those negative comments understand that. And I think if they were to engage in it, they would understand it. But who are we to judge if they don't want to engage in it? Just like who are they to judge if, if we do? It's a fairly good point. And I think a lot of people who go to the gyms these days, they do make that mistake. You know, it, it, it goes both ways. It's not, as you said, it's not just a case of it's, it's one way where they might have an opinion of you, but you, got, you shouldn't have an opinion of them. It's, you know, it doesn't really work that way at all. It's, 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 and my point to this is repeating what you said and that, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. What matters at the end of the day is how you feel about yourself doing it. Where did you start from when it came to everything to do with weightlifting? It was, it's been a strange journey, actually. So it did not start with weightlifting. It started with running. Like I said, I, I carried more weight than what my body could handle. I'm not very tall. Um, and quite frankly, my bone structure isn't that big. And so I carried a lot of weight and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. And so my fr- myself and my friend, she, she moved to London, actually, eventually, but um, we started running because we thought, well, let's do that and let's lose loads of weight. And she didn't have to lose any, bless her. But we did running and we engaged in loads, loads of running. We we did amazingly with that. And then she moved to London with her husband. And I tried dragging my husband, Will, on runs. And he just moaned the whole way around. And I could not find another running buddy to save my life. I, I really couldn't. <laughs> And I'm not, I couldn't do it on my own because it is so boring. Yeah. <laughs> so I was dragging my husband, aka child, around with me, <laughs> really struggling to get to, to drag my own feet around as well as his. 
So what I then decided to do was join the gym and I started doing classes like box fit and conditioning and stuff like that because I was still in a very unhealthy mindset that I was eating very few calories a day. And I thought I engaged in exercise. I didn't train, I exercised. And my purpose of that was to move my body as much as I can, sweat as much as I can, burn as many calories as I can because that is how I felt good. But actually it was really bad for me mentally. I was watching everything that I was eating. I was making sure that I was burning all of this, all of these calories a day. It was really unhealthy. So after a while, I just get, got really burnt out with that. And so I then went to more classes because I'm not going to lie. I walked into the gym and I felt intimidated. There was bars everywhere. There was massive dumbbells, huge men who are actually really, really friendly men, you know, um, women doing pull-ups. And I'm like, oh my God, I will never be able to do that. I consider myself fairly fit right now. I will never be able to do that. I had this misconception that they must be on steroids or something and (laughs) they have got to eat more than I do a day to be able to do all of that. And I can't bring myself to do that. I was in such an unhealthy mindset with exercise that it wasn't serving me in the best possible way. I was getting weaker, my hair was falling out. And so I just take it back a little bit. And so I went to classes like body pump and stuff, which I can't knock it. You know, when you do not know what you're doing with weights, that was fantastic. It taught you how to, you may have deadlifted with like five kilogram dumbbells or whatever, but you you got sort of the, the positioning and, you know, mm. doing lateral raises and stuff. And you do them to a, a, a song or a beat or whatever. But when I had no confidence with throwing weights around, that was perfect. And I was trying to think earlier, I do not know when I just decided to go into the gym and just do it myself. I think I just, I must have been waiting to go into a class one day and I was, I was there early. So I just decided to do some bits myself, some dumbbell stuff. And I really enjoyed it. And then I ended up just doing dumbbell stuff with a bit of, cardio based stuff in the gym just to get a bit of a sweat on then I didn't dare a bar so I would squat with dumbbells and I would deadlift with dumbbells because I I was so intimidated by a bar I thought as soon as I get that on my on my shoulders it's just going to go to the side couldn't bring myself to do it and I think it was summer of last year and I just decided that I need to get it together and I need to if I really want to take this seriously, if I really want to, well, in my mind, recomp, even though I didn't really know what that all was back then, I need to start lifting heavy. So I started eating more. I got to the bar. I asked people around me for help. I asked sort of spot me to check that everything was okay. And I just grew my confidence like that, really. I stopped just 20 kilograms. And yeah, I think it's more just swallowing your pride and just asking for help because actually, even though they may look scary, people in the gym are some of the friendliest people you can mm. meet. Some, Most of them, some of them are quite yeah. unfriendly, but <laughs> they can be the most friendly people because that's their hobby and they love that you're doing it as well, sort of thing. So, yeah, communication with other people helped me lift weights. Um, but then also I was sort of researching other movements to do and then I went into sort of I've got a bit of a CrossFit sort of interest as well just some some bits that I enjoy doing with that because it shakes it up a bit and yeah it's just 
I'm constantly changing and evolving things to try and keep it exciting for me. But ultimately, I am finding that I'm doing the same 50 movements to try and grow. And sometimes it can get quite boring, can't it? I think you touch on a very, very good point is that, you know, first of all, the story that you told was brilliant. Like it was super interesting to hear how you started off from just going in, doing your classes. And then all of a sudden now you're you're picking it up and putting it down, but it gets heavier each week. You know, it, it's it's so it's so good to hear that that progression and development. And what's more important as well is that it's it's the confidence. And I think a lot of people will relate to you. Uh, my point being is that you know you're just your anyone who I've had onto the podcast so far is you know I suppose with with the greatest of respects, it's more they're specialising in their field, whether that's a business or whether that's a, as a coach or you know you mm-hmm. get my I'm sure you get my point. Yeah. Whereas with with you, it's slightly different. It's you know for people listening to this, I'm sure they can relate to you in the sense that you're just the your average gym goer, nine to five worker. You just want to get a little bit fitter, a little bit stronger. You're doing this for mental and physical reasons and. I think a lot of people, as I said, will relate to that. And so what you said about confidence was the big thing. And I think for women, you guys have it so much more difficult. There's a lot of media out there. There's a lot of perceptions about what females should look like in a gym or what you should be working towards as far as a final goal is concerned. And I think ultimately, all that is just to get you to like a photo or just to share a product. You know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't actually show the reality of the situation about women. Women, at the end of the day, should go in and look after themselves in the gym if that's the exercise that they choose to do. If they want to get out for a cycle, if they want to get out for a run, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you actually enjoy doing, go do it. But ultimately, you can't deny the fact that you just need to keep moving. Agreed. I think keeping moving is one of the best things that you can do for your mental health and you never feel worse after a session you know it's you might really not want to go like last week I was in a real funk up until Wednesday uh, which is only like a Mm. well it was I didn't train Sunday Monday Tuesday and that's only a three-day funk I know but that's abnormal for me I'm one who likes to do a session on a Monday because it sets my week up right Tuesday is usually a bad day because I'm at work till late but when I don't train on a Monday, it does generally set me up quite badly. In this sense, I, I do make it difficult for myself in that I know all I needed to do last Monday was go and train because I was feeling quite bad from work and training would have made me better. However, it was just getting my clothes on to go and do it. And I wish I'd have done it because when I went on Wednesday, I felt amazing. And then it set me up. I, I had a really amazing week after that. You know, the, the weekend when I went to go and train at the weekend, I, I, I had amazing sessions. And you never feel bad from a session, I don't think. I think Unless big, you really injure yourself and you think, oh, you I shouldn't have gone today. <laughs> like my knee is killing me. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's horrible. But I can't do squats at the minute. So I'm currently doing stiff leg deadlifts, which I hate with a passion. And my coach is saying, so we we laid off squats for a whole week. And then he's sort of progressed me into box squats, weightless. And then last week it was box squats sort of with a bar. And then this week, which I'm shitting myself over, is he's putting me on the leg press machine for half 
half presses and I'm like oh is my knee going to collapse I don't know but I'm going to try it because God loves a trier so I'm, I'm going to go and do it and, and hope for the best one thing I will Ooh. tell you on the on the on the on the leg press is don't just don't fully lock out keep that slight knee bend at the top of the push but that's obviously for your coach to tell you as well I'm sure the locking out uh, that frightens me a lot the idea of oh, locking out and you know what oh. that's another thing I want to touch on as well as again oh. media loves to show you the, these these fantastic videos of people's knees bending the wrong way as a result of exercise and it's just not okay <laughs> for someone who wants to go into the gym and they see stuff like that yeah like it, it's like what's the best way to describe it in my in my head the simplest way to describe it is you see a really cool roller coaster and then you see someone falling off that roller coaster mm. that you know that for me just doesn't want to make you want to go on the roller coaster at all so it's just one of those things like in the gym you want to be able to see the progression in yourself well, I, I, ultimately i think that's just the case you want to see the progression no matter what it is you're doing, you want to see progression. With gym specifically, the reason why I like it is because of, for me, I've gotten really into the powerlifting. So it's the numbers that I see go up or I'll see them go down. But then the reason why they might go down um, without my wanting them to is due to a particular reason. And it's identifying that reason that would actually help you try and push the numbers back up again. And I think there's a lot of self-learning involved when it comes to the gym. And I think a lot of people don't understand that about the, the gym is that it's an environment in which you can learn so much about your, your mind, learn so much about how, how, how far you can push yourself and healthily so, and also how far you can kind of push your body physically and then also to see the progression after a while. That does wonders for someone. That just gives, it gives you a purpose. And at the end of the day, when you have a specific goal to work towards, it gives you that bit of meaning to actually get up off the couch. As you said, get your clothes on, get to the gym because mm. no one ever likes commuting to the gym, no. but they'll never regret doing a workout ever. Yeah. The endorphins, the, the, the feel good that you get after it. I, I was just, I was interested in what you said there about, you know, you might have to go down in numbers for reasons of your own. And I think, I mean, when I, see my husband training I very rarely find that he goes down in numbers whereas I find that I can off quite often go down or I can quite often have those days where I just you know I can lift a certain weight on a Wednesday and then I go on Friday and I just can't and then I can't on Saturday again and then I go on Monday and I can again and I think for women particularly and it may not be all women but definitely for myself and my friend we find that we face these challenges of going down quite a lot. And I think that can be a challenge that women face in terms of as soon as we see progress, it's like when people go on a diet, they see all of this weight go. And then as, as you know, they might only lose a little bit the next week or something like that. And then they throw it all out the window with regards to weight training. If you have, particularly with where you are in your cycle, if you have, a bad session because of potentially where you are in your cycle because of how badly you've slept whether you've drank alcohol you know whether you've actually eaten enough whether you've fueled your body sometimes you can't pinpoint that and you go down in numbers I can see why so many women throw in the towel because they think they've made progress and then they go back to be quite honest it's quite demotivating in that you you just feel like you're never going to get stronger yo yeah no i think what the point that you make is very interesting as well because it definitely happens with men an awful lot too however i feel like it's a mixture of a couple of different reasons with women as to why it may affect you guys more and this is just me guessing now to be honest with you it's the perception of what you guys should one i suppose look like or what media perceives 
for you guys to be a satisfactory end result. That could possibly be one thing where there's a lot of, and even though some women don't want to admit it, some women kind of really feel that pressure of, I don't look like that. Or the best way I could describe it for you, Shannon, is Gymshark would be one of them, right? And up until recently, they only had these very fit, athletic looking females on their webpage whenever you go on and try and buy a product. Or even if you look at not even just Gymshark, any fitness company out there that's trying to sell a product, they will sell the product using this image. It definitely happens the same thing with men as well, in the sense of you're trying to get to this end goal, whatever that may be for you specifically, whether it is to look like that or not, Mm -hmm. but it's feeling like you can't get there quick enough. And those images that you see online, that's constantly fed to you. As soon as you start going into the gym, the amount of stuff that comes up on your feeds on your phone of check out this product, check out this product. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you start comparing yourself without even realizing it sometimes this is how I should look. And then when you spend one week, two weeks, three weeks, six months, a year, two years of the gym, and you still don't look like that, it's very disheartening. I completely naturally get it. And I was talking to one of my friends about this. I think it was on the podcast a few weeks ago as well, where like I've been training nonstop now, with the exception of lockdown for about (laughs) five or six years i know myself i don't want to look like those guys but i'm not closer to looking like those guys that i was a few years ago i don't have the six-pack abs that you see in all these athletes and um models that you see online mainly because it's not my particular goal also do they actually have them as well the the the, on the on the best of days they do and i think i made this point before as well but i'll happily repeat myself is that with those media products the people who are taking those pictures are are putting themselves in the best light. They're putting themselves on a restricted meal the day before so that they don't have as much weight on them, if you will. Yeah. I saw this really weird trick on one of a on a YouTuber's page where they spray themselves with a bit of water just in to you know give themselves that uh, element or the illusion of sweat in the middle of the picture. Uh, yeah. And also not yeah. to mention there's these videos of like the 50 minutes before or 50 minutes afterwards of them doing some sort of pump before. I th- I'm sure you know the guy I'm talking about. Yeah. But it, like it's absolutely crazy what they do just for the right picture and then all of a sudden then it's them at their best granted they've trained for a long time to get to that stage so you know we can't take it away from them no we can't not definitely not it's not entirely fake they have to do something there with the exception of photoshop in some cases to actually get to that stage but ultimately what does that do for you the consumer what does that do for you the average joseph who's just looking to get to the gym does that make you feel good about yourself training if that's kind of the end goal out there no. And I think a lot of people with this have to remember that it all depends on your own angle in that if you want to just, if you want to get stronger on a deadlift, focus on that. If you want to get six pack abs, focus on that. And I'm also going to go around the full circle here by saying finding the right coach is extremely important. And I think you've done that really well. And I know coaches and even myself included, if someone comes over to me and says they want six pack abs, I will actually turn them away straight away and say to them, I'm not the type of person, I'm not the type of coach for you because that's not what I look for in my clients. I will actually recommend them onto someone else who kind of specializes in everything with that, Mm -hmm. but it's not the type of goal that I want to be helping people with because one, it can be very difficult, especially if you don't have full control over nutrition, all the training, all their lifestyle. But also not to mention you'll as well, be to blame if you don't get them the, the abs. Yeah, exactly. And for me, I have a specific interest in a couple of different fields of, of fitness, you know, and going down the six pack route isn't what I want to be focusing on as a coach. Whereas with you, you found a really good coach. You know, talking on the topic as well of them sort of getting a six pack and stuff as well. At what cost 
sort of thing you know in order to achieve a six-pack how much do you have to lose out on and this is sort of something that you know I've sort of come to realize recently is that being a certain weight you know I when I first set out my journey like over three years ago now I had this number in mind this arbitrary number people generally have to go through the process to realize that that number really does mean nothing because I am probably two to three pounds I I don't know I guess I'm talking this is the last time I weighed which was a long time ago and I've trained at home since and you know I may have lost a bit of muscle mass I'm probably only two to three pounds, maybe a bit over. And that would not make me happy. Just losing those extra two to three pounds, there's still progress to be made. There's still, and also that number on the scale, nobody else knows that. That's only me. And if I was to lose those two to three pounds, nobody else would know that, uh, you know, and nobody else would notice that, only me. So why do I need to focus on reaching this number? At what cost? You know, I was saying to my husband the other the other week, you know, I've I've changed so much in that I actually even just probably about six months ago, I would not let him cook because I was so worried about how much olive oil he uses instead of fry line sort of thing. Mm. And because I was so preoccupied with getting to this body ideal. However, if I lost every if I got to a quite a low body fat percentage my body probably wouldn't look like these these models on Gymshark because I have a different bone structure. So I'd still be unhappy. And I'm just not willing to not let my husband cook on a weekend or whatever. Or I'm just not willing to say no to friends if they want um, me to go around to a barbecue or, or to my parents or in-laws or whatever. I'm just not prepared to live an unhappy life for the sake of meeting a certain clothes size or a certain scale weight uh, or having a shredded six pack. Yeah, I don't mind having some abs, um, but <laughs> I'm not prepared. That's more of a byproduct of, of me training, but also living a, a happy, healthy life as opposed to yes. a restricted and actually, quite frankly, unhappy, unhealthy life. Because health doesn't just come in numbers. It comes in. It's a holistic thing how social your life is what who you surround yourself with is your work life sort of benefiting you and, you know that sort of thing how's your relationships if you're going if you're so preoccupied with food exercise and that is the only thing you're striving to get this sort of six pack how's that going to affect in my case how that affect my marriage you know because mm. i'll be starving miserable husband won't want to speak to me so realistically it might not be for everybody but for a lot of them at what cost can they go out for drinks can they go on holiday or they or they or are they so worried that you know a week off all inclusive is going to lose potentially two years of of uh, hard work and do two years of hard work you know for a few days i'll make, make, make a point as well to what you said and i'm actually going to bring a well-known celebrity into the into the conversation <laughs> not not literally obviously i would love to speak to him but I'm, he's not here today uh, zach efron when i was listening to him in one of his interviews <laughs> when he lost his when he lost all the weight uh, and put on a lot of muscle mass to look the way he did in baywatch mm. and if you haven't watched the movie just for that reason alone, you absolutely should. Um, it's a good film as well. I mean, it's cheesy, but I what It's 100% cheesy, it. but anything that has Dwayne Johnson and Zac <laughs> Efron to some capacity in it is going to be okay with me. Point being, anyway, is that Zac Efron talking <laughs> about his training and all his foods, food choices, and everything leading up to Baywatch. 
a lot of people would look at that and say, oh, I want to look like that. But even Zac Efron himself said he never felt that bad in his life just to get into shape for a movie, ever. He was talking about having to not be able to hang out with his friends because his friends would have gone out drinking or eating fast food, takeaways. And then not to mention he had to be on this really strict regime of getting this amount of sleep, which, I mean, that's pretty pretty good benefit anyway, but then restricting yourself to even just the basic pleasures in life. And he suffered so much mentally and he put himself into a hole just to have that five-minute stint on Baywatch where he had his top off. Now, don't get me wrong. He looked amazing. But as you said, you put yourself in that position where, is this really healthy for me mentally and physically? And again, like that, is it good for everyone else around me as well? If you're in that scenario where you have people around you to look after. Like for me, I go one meal without eating and I can't I can't manage. I just can't function. I get irritated. I get so uh, pissed off at situations. <laughs> Whereas... Some people, as you said, couldn't do a, if you, if you skip a session on a Monday, similar enough to me, Matthew McConaughey summed this up perfectly where everything is stacked up on your shoulders. If you don't get, if you don't break a sweat, but if you break a sweat, whatever that may mean for you, everything is lined up nicely in front of you, like hurdles that you can easily jump over each task that you have to do in that particular day, week, month, whatever have you. And I think that's one thing, again, we have to touch on is the individuality of exercise. One, what kind of exercise do you want to do? Two, what your end goal is. But then three, how do you react to that particular uh, means of exercise? What actually works well for your body individually? Everyone responds differently to different interventions, different treatments, different everything. So as a person going into the gym, finding out what works for you by experimenting with different ways, whether that would be classes, running, weights, CrossFit, swimming, whatever. Find what works for you, stick with it. And But the one thing as well is about motivation. That will last for so long. There will be dips along the way. And that's the really, really important thing that I want people to take away from this as well is we all are allowed to have dips in motivation. That intrinsic motivation of I want to look better or I want to put on more weight or I want to lift more weight will only last for so long. There is times that you're going to have that dip. It's actually a case of not, you don't even have to go so hard on yourself. If you lose that, lose that motivation, it will come back to you if you have that interest. And I think for you as, as well, and for all of us, COVID has taught, taught us that I, to some degree for me personally, and I can sp- only speak for me or before COVID, I got so into powerlifting during COVID. I wanted nothing more. It's just powerlift. I did so many home workouts in the first phew, six, eight weeks, and I got so bored of it so quickly. And I, th- I would swear for about three months after that, I didn't do one training session, one. And when I got back into it, and only recently, nearly a year on, I'm finding myself the, the fire has come back. And you do find the benefits of getting back into training and retraining and your body kind of gets back into the shape that it was in before lockdown. And I think a lot of people have to remember Give yourself that time as well. Like, how? I mean, you're in the UK now. From where we are in Ireland, you guys are having a great time. Like, getting back into the gyms, especially, is the big thing with you guys. I mean, how is how is that getting oh, back into the gym so after all this time? <laughs> Absolutely loving it. Absolutely, I'm taking as much. Well, she says I take as much advantage as I can. Like I say, I didn't go last Monday, but I'm more than made up for it at the weekend. I went on Wednesday, had an absolutely fantastic session. More than made up for it at the weekend. Um, 
oh, it's just lovely to be able to use more than sort of five and 10 kilogram dumbbells, which I know is more than what some people have had, but oh my God, they took a while to source. I went through some real struggles before I actually got hold of those. And they arrived and he was as just as excited as I was. And then suddenly he was throwing in these movements with 10 kilograms. I was trying to do bicep curls, dropped them nearly. I'd lost strength. And because we were both just so excited, but then we scaled it right back, just progressed as much as we could in lockdown. But it's lovely to be able to go to the gym and actually progress at more steady rates than from jumping from five kilogram to 10 kilogram dumbbells sort of thing. Mm. Um, no, he's, it's, it's been great actually because, and I was, when I speak to before like the podcast started you know when he wrote my programs for when we come back he said let's go steady because the doms will be there and actually we want to just ease you into it so when we went back I was sort of um deadlifting 60 kilograms which actually you know it's not the heaviest but it's also I'm still impressed at, like that I was able to do that considering I was doing deadlifts with 20 kilograms at home with two 10 10 kilogram dumbbells you know it's it's a struggle but then we've done that for two weeks this week when I go in to the gym I'll be doing 65 I'm sure maybe next week I might go up to 70 and probably within the next month I'll be going back up to 80 85 and I'm just happy to listen to him because at the end of the day I am just an average gym goer. I am not an expert. I just listen to my body. I tell my coach when something hurts and it's to the point where it's it's not just fatigue, it's it's pain. And he will just change things up. And it's getting to the point now where I'm able to sort of have that conversation and say, well, maybe we can do this. And he's like, yep, that works. Because I, I, I'm just listening to my own body and I sort of do different movements and I think, oh, that feels okay. I can do that. And I actually won't lose too much progress. So actually myself, my coach helps, but we work together and I try and give him as much feedback as I can so that he can give me as detailed sessions as he can. It comes back to what I was saying earlier on about picking the right coach and in this day and age, it's very tough because even in my own experience in Ireland and then, if, you know, hearing about, I have, I have my wife's relatives living over in England as well, actually. The market is saturated with so many personal trainers, so many different types of coaches out there, so many different so-called specialists. Mm-hmm. To find the right one can be very, very tough. And usually right in this day and age, it comes from one of two things I find is word of mouth and personal recommendations or two and this is a little bit not 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 my go-to as far as picking a uh, coach is concerned, but you see those before and after pictures on a personal trainer's Instagram page. That's the big one where a lot of people are like, oh, that person's after losing a lot of weight. I will go to them. That's the big appeal for people. But I want to make the point that to have that coach who will actually give you that sustainability and teach you the right habits to push forward in your life, if that makes sense, Shannon. Where if you, you know, you, he, they'll teach you the habits and then you can bring those habits with you for the rest of your life, whether that would be nutritional habits, uh, whether mm-hmm. that would be lifting habits, whether that would be training habits or setting goals for yourself and identifying ways of getting there. For me as a coach, that is the biggest, most important factor for me is actually teaching my clients, teaching the people who I'm working with to be able to choose themselves. Okay. If I'm feeling a little bit off today, I won't do a deadlift. I'll do something a little bit more or a little bit less intense and listen to my body. And again, I'm going to revert back to what you said. Listening to your body is one of the more important things about the gym these days. 
I wanted to circle back to what you said earlier on about um, your perception of the gym. I wanted to ask you, how did you actually change that negative mindset when it came to being in a gym setup with a lot of other people around you? Almost accidentally, I was waiting for a session and so I was a bit bored. So I ended up just doing some bits myself. I realized like, how good it felt. Even though I'd picked up some quite light weights, you know, I wasn't just dripping with sweat, you know, out of breath, couldn't, you know, couldn't breathe as you would if you were to just sort of run at high pelt on a, on a treadmill I just felt nice and I felt I felt quite strong or automatically and I thought yeah I look like I know what I'm doing and it just built my confidence and I thought to myself right okay I'm lifting sort of fairly light here next session I might go a bit heavier and so I go a bit heavier and I was able to do it and I was like oh I've progressed with that I think it just motivated me to keep going with it and that's when I started getting heavier and heavier and that it got more and more challenging and then when I was able to break through that the feeling that you get the the real sense of achievement that you get and with my coach as well he he um, gives me my plan for the day or for the week but he'll give me my sets and, and reps to do and he'll highlight certain movements that he wants me to take a video of and I send it to him immediately and he sort of essentially says, yeah, good form. This is great. Keep going or try and engage the lats more or try and, you know, stiffen the legs or can you move it down a little bit lower or something like that. And he'll screenshot. For, it's the most, I just look so unattractive in these screenshots and he sends them <laughs> back to me, but he'll, he'll put little drawings on of like, this is where your elbows need to be for like a, or, you know, this is sort of the positioning that your wrists need to be in. And there's me looking like awful. I'm thinking, God, I hope he's deleted that off his library. It means that I generally don't make the same mistake again. You know, when I was doing bench pressing, I was finding that my wrists were bending backwards, but I wouldn't know that it felt uncomfortable, but I didn't realize that was why and he was like straighten your wrists this is a thing that we can work towards so each time I did them I was just working towards straightening them just a little bit more and it is an issue that's sort of been ironed out now but if I didn't have him I wouldn't know that and I would end up injured and so I know that with me being you could say like a a novice sort of weightlifter and with him doing it for god knows how long I know that I can trust him. Seeing him the other day, we were talking about it. And when you realize, you know, some people might say, oh, why are you spending that? You've got a gym membership. Why do you need a coach? You really do. When you're trying to learn what it is you need to do, you need the guidance for it. And you need to know how to prevent as many injuries as possible. And when you don't have the course, you don't have the qualifications for it, then you need somebody who does. And this has been the case with a lot of people who I've worked with that if you pay money towards something, you pay more attention to it. Yeah. If something is given to you for free, you're not going to appreciate it as much as when you put your own hard worked or hard earned money into it. And I um, also feel I want to like, actually, uh, go on, sorry. Yeah. I also feel like I've paid the money for my session for him to plan my session. I'm going to do my session. <laughs> although last week I didn't yeah. do my Monday session and so I just said to him don't plan me a new Monday session this week I'll just do last Monday's this Monday save you a day it's mm. fine um and guess what I blooming did it because I thought I'm not doing that again <laughs> you don't get a free ride again <laughs> no bless him but <laughs> no it, it's it's one of those things where you like you say you 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 spend your money on it it's your hobby 
you will pay attention, you are more likely to pay attention to it than something that is just given to you for free. And if, if he'd have carried on giving me free plans, I would have just switched off from it because I wouldn't be that engaged with it. And so that's why I'm more than happy to invest in it because to be quite honest, I don't have sort of like a, a you know, a, a Cineworld card where I, I pay to go, you know, I get unlimited cinema in a month. I don't don't go to dance or, or anything. And I don't have something, another sort of hobby, which sounds a bit sad, actually, but... <laughs> I think I'm willing to put the money into this one because this is the one that I genuinely really enjoy. You're actually putting so much perspective onto me there. I mean, <laughs> like it's going to the you have except for the gym. You what now? Is going to the pub a hobby or? Oh, I suppose you could argue your case, yeah. Engaging in cheese and wine nights with your friends. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I this is a Christmas for me, or, honestly. Or like going out for food, like a foodie. That's a hobby, right? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to make Eating. myself sound more exciting. For the sake of this episode, you sound exciting enough, Shannon. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, what were kind of the main myths that are now debunked with you? Uh, which ones do you know that just are not true anymore? I mean, Have you figured any out? Lawrence, what is the most common myth in females who weightlift? Do I get to answer this one? Yes. Because wait until I have an answer for you. Okay, perfect. Um, the biggest one that I have found in working with females in the past is that the second that they t- touch a weight, they will blow up like Popeye. That is the pretty much the best way I can describe it. They'll put a finger on a dumbbell and it's like SpongeBob wearing that inflated muscle suit. It's exactly <laughs> what women feel like are going to happen to them. And is that I'm going to I'm going to see if that's the correct answer and what you're asking me. Oh, 100 percent. That is. Yeah. And this is why I think I've also received sort of comments like you, it's very masculine because I think some people genuinely think that I am going to blow up. Surely there would have been some sort of indication of bulkiness by now. Do you know mm. what I mean? I know we've been in lockdowns and, and whatnot, but what I have lifted what I I can lift the amount of stuff that I've done you know it's been challenging surely I'd have blown up by now I'm going to give you a quick uh, quick contrast here and this is actually something I say to I've said to an awful lot of my female clients over the years I have this I have this scenario right and it's actually based on what I've experienced my in my career when I at one stage when I was working in uh, one particular uh, center there was my supervisor who was actually a competitive bodybuilder and she used to train resistance training two sessions a day, six days a week. And she used to power walk everywhere in Dublin. She used to have very high protein meals. She used to get her sleep on an, an even on a nightly basis to the point where, and I know I'm going into a topic here, but she lost, she got to the point where she actually lost her period each month, mm-hmm. right? She was that intense. And this is actually documented on, on RTE for anyone that's interested in this. In contrast to the average gym goer who would train on a, on the weights on a serious enough program, no more than say two or three times a week with the occasional run, having a general healthy lifestyle where you're allowed to have your treats if you wanted to, where that you're, you know, you're, you might be allowed to have a couple of drinks a week. The difference between those two people is that one is completely dedicated to their cause of trying to build that muscle mass and trying to lose that fat mass and trying to look better aesthetically on a stage for competition reasons versus the person who's just trying to get a little bit healthier, person who's just trying to lose a little bit of weight, maybe, t- you know, I don't like the word, but it's what you use in, in the industry is toning up. Mm. Yeah, oh, it's just, I hate the word so much. <laughs> and then not to mention as well, it's 
it's ultimately to make you feel better about yourself. You're not competing for anything. You have your own goal, but that's to, to, the way to get there is so different to someone else's goal. But also, I um, think if women do yeah. want to get bulky, then they will find a way. It will it will be a lot of hard work. But if they want to get bulky, then let them get bulky. It is their and body. Also, on that note, to go into the science about it, women will naturally find it tougher to actually put on muscle mass. And this is not me picking on females, no. but purely scientifically, is that women have less testosterone concentration in their bodies. And as far as building muscle mass is concerned, and I want to make this abundantly clear for all five listeners, <laughs> is that um, <laughs> is that if you do not have a high testosterone concentration in your body, you are going to struggle to put on muscle mass because that is the main hormone, one of the main hormones used to actually help build muscle mass. For women, by default, that is automatically tougher because obviously in comparison to men, women have less, much less testosterone levels. For men, that's why they have it easier. And that's why there's this misconception out there that if men can, can put muscle mass on quickly, then women can too. It's not the case scientifically. And it's been proven across so many studies, so much research for years now. And if people are listening to this, spread the word around to any female out there who's interested in weight training, that will not happen unless you follow such strict measures to get there and consistently. So that's the biggest thing, no matter what gender you are, consistent work is the key to it. The majority um, of people will not follow that much of a strict regimen because it can be so mentally damaging. And like you said, and physically the as lady well. lost her period. That is something that women should have. You know, it is something that obviously in some cases there may be sort of circumstances where women can't, but where we are training ourselves to a point where we lose it as a as a byproduct of training, then perhaps that is where your training has gone too far or eating habits or whatever. It has gone too far and it's become debilitating to your health in this case. Yeah. And I, I suppose for a lot of women as well, I kind of, I know it's, there's an element of kind of mental peace, I suppose. It kind of, it's that stability each month to know that you actually are healthy, that your body is doing what exactly what it should be doing. And I suppose that gives people a lot of, what's the word? Um, security, reassurance that their body is actually healthy. And I think that for women, especially, that's one of the indications for someone that something may not be right if it's not normal for you on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. I never thought in all my years of knowing you that I would eventually be talking about periods on a podcast with you, Shannon. But here we are. <laughs> I know. <so. laughs> how, how is it as a female to train with that in the gym? Oh, <laughs> it's not whilst you are on your period. It's for me, it's the week leading up to it. Okay. Um, that makes it very, very difficult. I find, and I know this differs person to person, woman to woman. Uh, some people will say in their days that they are on, they cannot train. For me, I'm having some of my best sessions whilst I'm training on my period. However, reading into it, according to science, it says that women should be having their best lifts during the luteal phase, which is sort of after ovulation, before period. Many people complain, not just about training, but about life when mm. they're on their period. I couldn't be happier. It's the mm. week leading up Thank to it. <laughs> to make the point again, that's that's individual to you. And I think uh, what matters 
I want there's one message I want to take away from this episode to everyone listening to this before we wrap up is make sure that whatever it is that you're doing is specific to you as an mm-hmm. individual because you will respond differently to any type of training method differently to another person. Anything that happens in your body will happen uniquely to you. Just because it happens to someone else does not mean it's going to happen to you. Just to make that very, very clear for anyone listening to this episode. Um, Shannon, to be honest, like all that information that you gave for someone who just enjoys going to the gym was absolutely like it's it's just brilliant to hear how much knowledge and how much interest you have in it. And I think for a lot of people, you set a really good example because as I said at the start of the episode, you're relatable. Like, you know, you're someone who someone could, could look at and say, she got there by doing this. I could get there by applying the same template, but obviously specific or different specific steps. To, to go with, to finish off with the, each episode though, Shannon, I like to get listeners' questions in. And so I actually have two here from two people who want to both stay anonymous. The first one actually, and I want to see what you think about this is, how do you personally now, how do you stay body positive in a world that's become so judgmental it's it's tough because like Mm. i say when you receive comments about what you're doing is you know it it will reduce your it will get rid of your femininity it makes you feel like well actually maybe i don't look very feminine at all at the minute sort of thing but actually then i sort of have a word with myself and i think my body is not an object it sounds really sort of feminist but I've sort of got to that inner peace with my body and that it's not an object it is not for something for people to comment on if I want to put an image of my body out there whether it's sort of uh, me um, ready to go out with my friends or me in my gym wear or something that is for me it's not for other people if I feel like I I'm having a good day then of course I can put my body out there, but I am not doing it for other people. So other people, if if people feel like they need to negatively comment on it, I sort of just try and take that with a pinch of salt now because I realize that it's my body and there's nothing that they can say that can change that. And I know that what I'm doing with my body makes my body feel good. And that's the thing. Mm. You've just got to find something that makes your body feel good because if you think about it, it's like a car, isn't it? You know, if you don't take care of it, it will break it will will break down you know just take care of it but also take care of yourself as well because without your mental health you have nothing and if you don't have stable mental health which everyone has dips everyone has days where they they really dip then you're not going to have good body positivity sort your mental health out first and then just see your body as something that sort of drives you around you know I I sort of think to myself as well I've started trying to journal I know it's something that so many people do now and that's what I kind of thought to myself I should probably try and do it thanking my body you know thank you for having a period this month thank you for getting me to do that lift you know thank you for walking me so many miles you know so I can keep my dog entertained thank you for taking me out you know letting me bike ride several miles with my family thank you for taking me swimming (laughs) even things like having touch wood no allergies so I can eat whatever the hell I want sort of thing you know (laughs) I you just thank it for everything that it does not for how it looks but everything it actually does for you is so important i would second that for for the male listeners as well um as a uh, representative of the male body here today <laughs> to stay body positive is just to have that love for yourself as, as cliche and cheesy as it may sound it's that it's the truth really and i think ultimately the first thing that people have to realize is that to stop comparing because again and i'll reiterate this again and again and again everyone 
is different. Comparison is the thief of joy. Fantastic way of putting it. Absolutely brilliant. (laughs) The next question, the last question I have before we wrap up today, Shannon, is how do you deal with judgment at the gym? That is a really good question because I thought about this Mm. today. So when we Mm. went into lockdown, before we went into our latest lockdown, it was the last session before Boris Johnson said the gyms are closing tomorrow. So I was messaging my coach like, right, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to deadlift 80 or whatever it was and he was like go for it I was like sod it we're on our way out let's go so I deadlifted 80 and there was a bunch of sort of burly men around and they were all like whoa and then there was like these two young girls who I can't explain as more you know they were just sort of teenage girls I'd say 18 17 18 and they were there on a bench and so I was deadlifting 80 and obviously when you sort of put it down to the ground it makes a bit of a crash Oh, yes. And they were just sort of looking and then giggling and then looking and then like being like, they, like they were disgusted at what I was lifting. <laughs> you know what? I, it was, I must have found inner peace that day because usual Shannon would have gone up and been like, what is what? You know, go on, you lift mm. it. But I just went up to Will and I was like, I don't think those girls like the fact that I've just lifted them two combined. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay like, it absolutely matter. yeah it doesn't matter I remembered at that moment that I'd done my personal best and it felt good and I'd got a good Early. video of it for my coach and yeah these these girls may have giggled about it and found it really odd but actually maybe in a few years time they might find themselves doing the same because I look mm. back and I think how would I have reacted as sort of like a 17 18 year old girl seeing another girl lifting weights that men lift do you know what i mean yeah. sort of thing yeah and that's a sad that's a sad reality is that yeah. there's, just a, there's just so much negative stigma around it. yeah and all these men bless them they were like wow like that is amazing and i was like thank you thank you you need the positive reinforcement sometimes you feel good about it um 100 but yeah it's very rare that you get judgment in the gym i was so proud of myself then that i just thought mm. to myself i've done something amazing there and they don't understand it yet i'm gonna back up that story with a quick one of mine where i remember when i first started off in the gym years ago my dad my dad joined gym at this stage and he was really into it for like about two years and he was getting really fit really strong and he had these free vouchers so i took one naturally and a few more and a few more and a few more Mm -hmm. and i ended up going to the gym a bit more consistently and actually the very first day i went to this particular gym and i won't mention names (laughs) there was this one really strong looking mother And he was in the weight section. Of course, he was picking up like these 50s and bicep curling them for all I can remember. Like it was just so easy for him. Probably could have been chest pressing them. I don't know. I remember I was, I went in at this skinny little 14 year old dude going into the weight section. And I picked up these, I think no more than five kilo weights to do the exact same exercise. This guy that I'm talking about gave me a look and laughed at me. And for a 14 year old, and I remember this so distinctly, he looked at me kind of with a side eye and just started laughing at me. And I know it was directed at me because there was no one else around me. And what really turned me off the gym was the judgment there about, hang on a second, you're laughing at me, but it took me a long time to figure out where the hell did he start from? Why is he laughing at me when he would have been a scrawny teenager himself at some stage or even a younger child? I don't know. Surely you would have looked like quite a young boy there as well you know most teenagers probably wouldn't be able I mean unless you get into it a bit earlier but most teenagers wouldn't be able to lift more than maybe 10 and also why should you go in and 
lift heavy at the start, you will only injure yourself. And like you say, yeah. he will have started somewhere. But mm. obviously with him being mm. 50 odd, he's forgot about that. But that's terrible. <laughs> I couldn't imagine yeah, doing it, that. It was, it was, yeah, that's the reality. Like when you go into a gym and you see these young people coming in, from having dealt with that, all I want to do with young people now in the gym is educate them and, t- and tell them whatever you start off with is absolutely okay. Even if that's the one kilo pink dumbbells in the corner of the gym, I have a laugh at them when I say to them, that's absolutely fine. That's a good start for you because at least you're starting somewhere. Now, the other story that I have as well is about from actually my own wife. And Sarah would have gone into gyms before and she, you know, many, many a class, many a session. And she would have told, come home kind of telling me like, oh, when you're in the middle of a gym floor and you're doing this particular exercise and you just have a couple of these men staring at you in a workout setting when you're sweaty you don't feel attractive you just feel blech but you're just getting the workout done anyway and you have all these people looking at you the one thing i had to reassure her about was that these lads have forgotten about her by the time she leaves the gym Mm -hmm. they don't give a they're looking at you in that moment to just have to say okay just just admiring what she's doing or in fairness admiring her looks but ultimately by the time that they get changed and leave that gym they're not going to remember what actually who, who she is or what she was doing and I think a lot of people who are starting off the gym need to remember that as well, is that anyone that may be staring at you will have their own reasons for staring at you. Ultimately, stop thinking about it. Honestly, just remember that they're not going to actually remember you by the time they leave the gym floor. Do what you do. Go in, mm-hmm. do your session, go home, sleep at night knowing that you did your work. And I think that's a pretty good start for anyone. Stop worrying about so, sort of what other people are thinking as well if they're thinking well she's not doing it right then if they had anything about them they will come over and correct your form although some people really don't like that some people I know of some cases where men have approached women in the gym genuinely trying to help them and these women have kicked off and I don't think that's the right way to go I think there's an element of approachability that the men have to have about them but you know, don't go over there sort of, you know, playing Billy Big Bollocks, you know, you're doing it wrong, <laughs> but just like a, yeah. oh, just to warn you, you might pop your back out like that. Here, let me show you. I would accept mm. that because quite frankly, I don't want to pop my back out or something like that. The thing is as well, yes, I have had occasions where sort of men watch and it's a bit uncomfortable, but at the same time, I'm like, do I care? Do you know what I mean? It's uncomfortable, but then it's like, like you say, they're not going to remember. They're probably not going to follow me home because my husband will kill them. <laughs> you certainly hope not. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like I, I would be yeah. fine. And also I'm pretty strong. I'm sure I could beat them up if I needed to. Do you know what? If you had a barbell mean? handy in your back pocket now, that's something you can easily chuck at the channel. Yeah, of course, stage. of course. <laughs> and to finish off the episode, what is it that you'd managed to do in the gym recently? Just to give everyone full the, the full circle here. Oh, Lawrence. Go on, tell people. We're talking about periods. We can go on to your your successes. This is a fantastic transition. I think we're on about the same thing here. As far as I'm concerned, I saw something really impressive on your Instagram that I commented on. Are you on about the pull-up? I am on about the pull-up. I did a pull-up. Yay! There you go. That's a, that's, a small that's feat for some, is... but a massive one for me because I was so... Yeah, but that's... That, that's exactly it, though. You're making individual to you. You've managed to do your, your work and you've, you've reaped the rewards <laughs> as a result of it. People say, you know, once you get past that first one, after that, it just comes to you. And that's what I'm working towards. Now, if I can get an extra one 
every even every week or two I will that's progress for me yeah and on that note Shannon I think we should wrap it up here that was brilliant thanks so much for having on um, I'm glad me. to know you're getting on good in your training and that the gyms are back open in the UK lucky for some and um, <laughs> I'll chat to you soon hopefully yes. uh, well we're family so obviously we might do it some stage <laughs> <laughs> that's it now <laughs> Yeah. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> Absolutely. That's it. Thanks again, Shannon. Thank you for having me.